0: Welcome to Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection, where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you listen into each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, I interview Megan Seeley. She owns The Goal Designer. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a mama, you are going to keep saying, yes, and me too. And I totally get that. Megan sings our song in this interview. And if you're not a mama, you're going to resonate with her awesome story of getting through a challenging time in her life that includes chronic illness and a new baby and coming through it all with insight and wisdom and creativity. I love how she champions the idea of Anti productivity, and you'll hear what that means. I love it. She is a bright light, and I cannot wait for you, my dear listener, to connect with Megan. The sound, once again, is not great, and that is solely because I had the microphone on the wrong setting. So, there you go. It just is what it is. I know you'll forgive me. And as always, all of the cool resources and places and things that we talk about, including how to work with Megan to get your own planner and coaching will be included in detail in the show notes. Those show notes are like a well curated cheese platter of goodness. You know, the ones that have like cheeses and candied nuts and olives and everything. There's info and links and funny things because I'm hilarious and serious things and things to purchase and things to save for and ways to connect and chutney and there's always chutney on the best cheese plates, right? Like there's no other reason for chutney, but it's on those cheese plates and it's, darned, it's darn good. So check out the cheese plate show notes, people. It's all at my website, takingthemiddleseat.com. All right, let's get right to it. Here is my interview with Megan Seely. So today on the podcast, I have Megan, who owns The Goal Designer, and she i found you um, through GR Boss Babes, which is like this rad group of women in Grand Rapids. So anyways, give us a little bit of a story about who you are, you know, mom, business, all the things. Go for it.
1: Alright, so uh, my company's called The Goal Designer, and I work with moms, and I, I call myself an anti-productivity coach, because... I love that. Moms don't need more to do.
0: Amen, period. sister.
1: So I I actually help moms use paper planners to do less for everyone else, so they can do more for themselves without all the guilt.
0: That is beautiful. Thank you. We're going to get into 18 of the things you just said. So, I can't wait.
1: Yeah, just really just empowering moms to just take charge of their schedules, take charge of their time, and just own something for themselves and just create the space to do the things for themselves because we're never going to want to do things for ourselves. It's never going to be the right time. We're never going to have the right money. It's never going to be, there's always something going on. And so if you don't actually physically make the space on your calendar for it, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah, I love it. And no one's ever going to say, like, you know what you really need to do is sit down. No one else is going to do that for you. So you have to do it for yourself as a mama. I love it. So you're obviously a mom. Yes, I am.
1: <laughs>
0: How many kiddos? What age?
1: So I have one daughter. She is almost three, which is insane.
0: Ooh, that's a, that's a fun age. How do you feel about three?
1: I love it. I love it so far. So I've heard really tough things about the 3 major age, but... I'm not a baby person,
0: Yeah. so, oh.
1: like, the baby year was very, very hard for me, and I actually am really enjoying toddlerhood, you know, yes. she can use the bathroom, she can talk to me, she has a personality, and I'm all, I'm all in for that. Yes. So.
0: I, in the same exact way. Really? <laughs> absolutely. When I read your website, I was like, yes, that happened to me, yes. Um, because I was not an infant person. I, that first year of life was, especially with my first kiddo, whew, that, was a, that threw me for a loop. Um, and it was really, really, really hard. And I know your story was too. Um, and you live in the Grand Rapids area in Granville. And you own this cool business that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about how you got here. Like why this is your passion to help moms with being with anti-productivity, which I freaking love.
1: Okay, so uh, sort of out of necessity, and I feel like that's how most businesses start. Um, I was actually like prescribed daycare by my endocrinologist. Uh huh. So um, I was diagnosed with Graves' disease not long after my daughter was born, um, which is an autoimmune disorder, which makes my thyroid hyperactive. Okay. Um, except it's not actually hyperactive, like my body thinks it is, and so like there's just a whole bunch of things going on.
0: Super fun, I'm sure.
1: Yes. It's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> disease. <Yes.
0: laughs> and it's invisible. It's, it's invisible. So nobody knows that you struggle with it, yeah. which is awesome, because no one then can, you know, feel for you in that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, when it, it started out because it was invisible, I was just like, oh, like this isn't a thing. So the biggest thing was, uh, heart rate was insane. So I went to the ER, my daughter was maybe four months old and my heart rate was, I was standing doing the dishes and it was just like, I felt like I was going to pass out. It was beating so fast. And yeah. it had been a buildup to this point, but, um, at that point I was like, okay, like, Something's wrong. Because it was, you know, I was getting out of breath going up the stairs, and I was like, wow, like, pregnancy kicked my butt. Like, I'm really out of shape. And, yeah. But, you know, I was like, okay, I'm doing the dishes. Like, this, I'm not that out of shape. Right. Okay? Like, <laughs> this is Just wrong. Just dishes. So they did a bunch of tests, and they were like, you know, we think maybe it's a clot. We think maybe it's this. And I was admitted, and... I so oh. ran a bunch of tests, and I, I had driven myself to the hospital, and I had my four-month-old in tow, and I was, like, trying to entertain oh. her, waiting for my husband to come meet me to, like, take her, and and so I was just, like, you know, super-momming at the hospital while right. I'm, you know, about yeah. to pass out. And, um, right. I'm yeah, fine. Just, this is
0: all fine. Yeah. Yes. You know,
1: this, <laughs> is, this is what moms do. It's this fine. This is what moms um, do. So that, that was insane. So that was hard. Um, and then the other big piece of it for me was mania. So a lot of Graves patients get misdiagnosed as bipolar.
0: Oh, I did not know that. That's yes. fascinating. So
1: I was lucky in that my primary doctor, his wife had something similar to Graves. And so he fast tracked me on that. But a lot of people get
0: misdiagnosed
1: with bipolar because there are mm. really like manic and depressed. Like, there's a lot of similarities between the two
0: interesting so
1: and a lot of people do find some relief of some of the symptoms when they go on things like lithium but not all the symptoms get taken care of right that's not what's actually going on so okay yeah Yeah.
0: so you have a little tiny baby and mania and your heart rate's going bonkers Wonderful. Things
1: are crazy, and so I had a big legal pad of things that I just every day in my tiny little mania of handwriting would just write down like a big to do list on a legal pad of things. And my husband was like, "I don't want to offend you, but you're a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you need to do all this stuff? What's going on?" And it was scaring him because that's always been my personality, but it was just like on steroids. Yes. And- so when I finally got treated for Graves, it started getting better, but it took a while. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I started really getting into planners. And so I picked up a simplified planner from Emily Lay. I still use it to this day. She actually is a Graves disease sufferer as well. Okay. Um, and so I think that's totally why her planner, just like she gets me, she gets what I need. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just, I picked up a planner and I really over the four months that we had to wait to get my daughter into daycare really just channeled my energy into using my planner to control the mania, to quiet all the thoughts and mm-hmm. to just like get things to where I could feel a little bit more peaceful and a little less stressed. And so I just sort of discovered a way to, to do that for myself just through need. Like I physically, my health relied on this. So yeah. Yeah. I
0: <laughs> love it. Two things. I'm forgetting number one. Number two. Number one will come back to me. <laughs> um, oh, number one. I think it's so cool that, I mean, not it's not cool that both you and Emily Lay have Graves disease, but like when we get to know people or find out about people in an actual genuine way. How many connections there are? It doesn't always have to be chronic illness, but there's going to be something like that that connects you and someone else. And like you know, obviously, motherhood is often a connector, but it can often be a divider too um, because of competition and all those fun things that you rally against. Um, but I love that you you were just you knew there was a a way out of this. And, of course, it led you to, like, this perfect thing that someone else totally got you and made this planner. So, freaking love it. So, the number two was paper planners. Like, I feel like that in and of itself is like a revolutionary, like, you, because most people are not going, you know what I need is a paper planner. They're going, you know what I need is an app, which just leads you to your phone, which then, for me, creates more anxiety and more bonkers craziness and I love a paper planner I have one that's more just a calendar and I get teased up one side and down the other for it from my app people you know
1: I do I do when I when I make plans with my friends or are like oh you know <laughs> I actually so I part of like my system and how it works for me is like I do use apps I do use Google Calendar I do use like you know things but I I make time and I put them into my planner um, but there was a time where I would just carry it with me and I was like, let me check my planner for a second. Oh, and I yes. Was like, Are you
0: 80? What yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. Yep. Let me- I'm going to
1: own that because otherwise I'm not going to remember to meet you and it's going to be sad for you.
0: Yes. And look how cute this planner is. And your app's not that cute. Yeah. So you use both. I do. That's interesting to me. I do. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I. Uh, it's weird so you think oh I have a planner like I'm just going to put things in there but you really have to plan time to plan yeah which which is like I think the biggest piece that is missing out of a lot of things so Mm -hmm. I have every month of the last Monday of every month I spend time on goal setting and just like prepping my planner for the next month and every week I spend time doing it every Monday at 9 a.m. it's Uh in my planner every Monday at 9 a.m. and every day right when I start my work day I just look at I'm like okay what am I going to do and this is how I'm going to like
0: block my day out yes okay cool um and there must be a need for this because people work with you and you do something called what is it called planner matching which i think is amazing um so talk to me about like the the people that come see you the people that get connected with you for coaching um what typically makes them seek you out um you know some of those like commonalities of people that work with you
1: yeah so i would say the planners first and foremost so i think people that are typically buying planners every year like they really they want to be a planner person but they don't really like know how mm-hmm. and they will buy them they'll spend money on them and mm-hmm. it'll be great and then they'll get it and they'll use it for like a week and then they'll forget and then on the shelf and then they feel really bad about themselves and they beat themselves up about it mm-hmm. um, so that's number one i think the biggest draw is wow like this girl can make me a planner person and that feels really good mm-hmm. but the second part of it is when you're a mom we're using the planner to make the time for yourself mm-hmm. and so that's something that they're also wanting is, so i see so many people that especially with young kids are like this is just the season i'm in and it's just not about me and the days are long, but the years are short. And I'm just like, but the years, like you're gonna, you're okay, just like going years without anything for yourself, and like, yes, I can't, I can't do it, and I can't imagine being okay with that. And I'm not, and so I'm just trying to make everybody else not okay with it too. Yes, so uh, we can do something about it because it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's good for the kids
1: no that's the other thing like even though your kids need you 24 7 in this season of life they don't always need that and so when you devote all of your time and all of your energy into your kids which is amazing but none into yourself they're going to grow up and they're going to want to do their own thing and then they're going to be like mom's kind of sad she just has me yep you know and they want you to do stuff they want you to be happy they want you to just like kind of get off their back and have your own thing yes <laughs> so Yes. If you don't have that to begin with, it's going to be really hard to find it. And it's just, I think we'll make that transition from when they need you all the time to when they don't necessarily need you all the time that much harder on you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about um, all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. So we joke about like, um, like ways of parenting that, um, like little rules of parenting. So we had said um, rule number one is set the bar low. Um, for their expectations of you and because we are a little bit fast forwarded into I have a fourth grader and a seventh grader and um, my friend's rule is she will bring you one thing up to school per year that you have forgotten. So if they forget their lunch or their project or their notebook or their whatever she'll do it one time the rest of it you're on your own. So the one time that she does it Her, I think she is an eighth grader, nearly fell over himself with gratitude because he knows that, like, this is a big deal if mom is bringing this up to school um, because it doesn't happen that often. So she's created this grateful child that remembers his stuff because he knows there's no backup plan. Um, And if mom does go above and beyond and brings the whatever trombone up to school, um, he's just like, oh, my gosh, Mom, thank you. Oh, my gosh, that, thank you. You didn't have to do that. I mean, it was That's instead nice. of little Johnny being like, when are you getting here? You didn't remember my snack, blah, blah. You know, I just think it definitely, when they're little, you just don't realize that you're doing every little tiny thing for them and nothing for yourself. But when they're middle schoolers or high schoolers or full-grown adults, then it, you realize, like, oh, yeah, they actually they can't. I can't do life. We didn't raise pre-adults. We just...
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. If you're like, you know, you want to let your kids be little, which is awesome, but that doesn't excuse them from being human beings. Yes. Um, And so there are ways to do that age appropriately, where you're not the constant only thing that they're relying on all the time. They're not helpless. They're not. No. Infants, yeah. You're they're right. They're potatoes, but... <laughs>
0: That's why they're so hard. I fully believe the world is divided into, like, people that love the infant stage and people that don't. And there's just not a real – there's not, like, a Venn diagram people in the middle. No. There's just not. And I think that we probably should just give the infants to the people that love them, and then they can hand them off to me later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm
1: there for sure. But, yeah, so I – I think that's an important thing to note for me, too. Like, that's very much my parenting style and my husband's as well. It's just, like, let her be a kid, but we're raising somebody to be an adult and a functioning member of society. So, no, we're not going to treat her like an adult. She's almost three. Right. However, you know, you can undo the dishwasher. You can throw trash away. Mm -hmm. You can sweep. Like, you can do things because you're going to need to do them. And, you know, I just... I see a lot of kids not
0: knowing how to do that, and it just blows my mind. Yes. I can't, I can't get behind it. And it's so loving. I think moms don't, they'll follow up any statement with, um, or I do this too, not to say like they, moms out there. Um, you know, I didn't do X, Y, Z for my kid, or I didn't go on a field trip. That's a big one for me. I can't stand going on field trips, because it stresses me out to no end to take care of other people's children. Um... So I give them one, one field trip per elementary school career, like all the years, um, and <laughs> I don't, I can't do it. So, um, but then I'll follow that up if I'm saying that to someone with like, I mean, I totally love my kids. I totally love them.
1: Yes.
0: And of course I love them, but we follow it up every time with like that we qualifying do. statement. I was
1: just thinking about the other that the other day. Like we can't just like let. Our like distaste for anything about our children just be yeah. and live in the world, uh like you know of course you know I love them like I'm not gonna you know whatever and I, I it's it's insane I feel you I feel you there I do it all the time and it's just like why mm-hmm. are you doubting that I love my kid because I don't think that you are I think that you are probably like that's not a great choice but that's not right. a choice to me so <laughs>
0: yes yeah other people are generally not judging us as harshly as we judge ourselves for sure yes so when you carve out time for yourself or your pursuits or goals or whatever what does that look like for you i mean it's probably not all like i'm gonna go to 18 yoga classes a week like me time can be other things too so what does that look like for you or even your clients
1: so a big part of of I mean, it's called self-care. It's a big umbrella term. but And I feel like a lot of people say things about, right, like going to yoga, getting your nails done, like doing something like that feels really luxurious for yourself and that self-care, which it is, but it's not the self-care that you practice every day, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it's like having a face-washing routine or like ways to take yes. care of yourself. Like, I know that sounds dumb because it's self-care. Like, it sounds like it should be so... Intuitive that that's what self care is, but I feel like we've just built up what self care is around these really like luxurious, indulgent things. Yeah. And so people are like, I can't, I can't like do, I can't like take, do that kind of stuff all the time. Like, oh, of course you can't, but you can, you know, tell your kid to watch TV for five minutes while you take care of your body for a minute, or like, you know, you can exercise around your children, or you can, you know, so, so for me, it just, I, I schedule like, breakfast like i have to write like my meals in so i make sure that i eat them and
0: mm-hmm.
1: like um i put like in my nighttime i put nighttime routine and i write it in every day because otherwise i don't know that i'll do it yeah I probably will now because it's a habit but um just like writing in the things that you take for granted like oh yeah of course i'm gonna do it but then sometimes you don't yes and so that's a big one for me personally um while like the extra things are really fun like my I, my really indulgent luxurious self-care thing mm-hmm. is um i get a bath bomb from lush yes i order um buffalo wings from Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> i pour mine yes. into a coffee mug so that i don't break the glass and i bring my laptop into the bathroom and i watch uh like true crime documentaries or hallmark movies And I just eat my wings, and I drink my wine, and I take a bath, and it is the best. And by the time I'm done, I feel amazing. Yes. Um, So that is, like, my other side of it. Like, that's, like, what I do when I'm, like, ugh. I just want to, like, be wrapped up in all of the things that make me feel good at one time. Yes.
0: (laughs) So... And that's accessible. That, like the face washing routine and the wings in the bathtub and like reading a book and watching a fun show that nobody else in your house likes, all of that feels really accessible because I think a lot of times people, women, moms will hear self-care and think just that. Like I don't have money, time, access to special classes or massage or whatever um, but, yeah, you can just do the things that feel the best to you. Yeah. And um, if you can
1: stack them all up at the same time or, like, as many as you can, yes. it feels extra good. Yeah. And then you're kind of, like, using your time the most wisely because you're kind of packing it all in. That's so kind of brilliant. Like, I'm, You know, like, I really want to eat, you know, I don't know, I just want a glass of wine tonight. But I also want to take a bath. But I also want to watch SVU. But I also want to do this. Just do it at the same time. Yes. Set up a shop in it. <laughs>
0: That's a good tip. And it's also very abundantly clear for those around you what's happening. Because yep. you've got 17 things yeah. around you comforting <laughs> like three you. three
1: or four trips <laughs> upstairs. Yes,
0: to set all that up. I've got to venture into the lush. I've not been in there.
1: That's amazing. It's good. I have sensitive skin. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I tried... I really try to like support local people, and I have tried like getting like bath bombs from people that make them locally or like yep. you know just like small batch stuff. But some of the oils that they use just like really uh, irritate my skin, and so I like, yeah. I can't trust those anymore. And so yeah. I do go to Lush for my bath bombs because if you're sensitive skin, I haven't found one that has uh, hurt me yet. So yeah. Pro tip. Yes, mm-hmm. it
0: looks like a very cool store. I don't know why I've not ventured in, but it is really cool. Yeah.
1: Um, the smell can be overwhelming yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: speaking of all at once yes it's all in there yeah um you have this idea or this um phrase and i don't know if we've said it we mentioned anti-productivity coach but radical non guilt so i love it even not knowing your definition for it but talk to me about that and how you thought of that what that means
1: so the phrase actually came up in my Facebook group. Um, I have a free Facebook community. It's called Moms Reclaiming Their Time, Guilt Free. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my community members, she, we had gotten into a, an into a thread about just like mom guilt in general. And she had said something she had done. She's like, it just wouldn't it feel just good if I just didn't feel guilty about doing this? Just I would just want radical non guilt all the time for me and I wish I could remember exactly what she was talking about in reference to, but I just like latched onto that phrase and I was like, that's the business right there because not only do we want to get rid of some of the mom guilt we have, I feel like we feel guilty about getting rid of the guilt. Yes. And so I think just the idea for me anyway is radical non-guilt as a mom is just not being guilty about anything. Mm -hmm. Just like let it go It's not, you know, I just, I feel like if your kids are clothed, bathed, fed, loved, you're good.
0: Yep. You've won.
1: Yes. You've won. You don't need to have the Pinterest party. You don't need to be, like, the PTA mom that, like, comes to every single stupid thing. You know, you're, I don't know. Like, your kid doesn't have to participate in every single thing that's out there. And, like, the there's just so much pressure all the time. And just taking the pressure off of yourself and not feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to a podcast episode um, of The Mom Hour. A couple weeks ago and it was called the, like, the magical power of opting out mm-hmm. um, and they were just talking about things that they were just opting out from and mm-hmm. one of them was like class parties mm-hmm. because she was like I there's so many parents there there's mm-hmm. no reason for me to be there and she's like and I felt bad about not going but then I realized why I'm like, yes. on the way You know, and so just opting out of things, just saying no to things is so powerful, and I know we hear that all the time, and we just think, oh, I can't say no. Mm -hmm. I can't say no, because, you know, this will happen, this will happen. you also have to say no to your own control. Yeah. Sometimes, and I think that's the really hard part.
0: Yeah. Yes, for sure. And think enough of yourself. I think it's some, at least it's, for me, wrapped up into... Not feeling guilty and um feeling confident, which I think a lot of moms struggle with yep. um and it all gets kind of enmeshed together. but I love the idea of just not not like kinda not feeling guilty, like really actually, yeah,
1: yeah. Just really not feeling guilty about not feeling guilty,
0: yes, oh, I love that. I think it's hard, but i I love it
1: it's very hard. I mean I yeah. struggle with it too. It's not something that I'm above or beyond or anything it's yep. just i um I made a post on Instagram the other day about on Mondays my kid gets a Lunchable and some yes. steamer veggies um, because I just don't pack her lunch on Sundays and I should but I just don't and I just don't feel bad about it because she gets meat, she gets cheese, right. she gets grains, she gets vegetables. It's under like it's an apple sometimes.
0: It was one of my favorite pictures I'll be honest with you. I was just like the juxtaposition of the broccoli and the Lunchable <laughs> I was like yes. That's winning. I mean, somewhere in there is some nutrition. It's fine. Yeah. Like, they, it's not the last yeah. meal they ever eat. Like, she's yeah. she's good.
1: I got a lot of messages about that. Yeah. That were just like, thank you. Like, this is, it feels really good because you see a lot of, like, the bento boxes with the cute, like, cut out cheese and, you know, which is awesome if you do that. Mm-hmm. And I will probably do that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I mm-hmm. love doing stuff like that. But it's just not an everyday thing. And I think that to expect that from anybody or to expect that of yourself yes. is, is just unrealistic and you're just setting yourself up to feel bad. And I think that we do that a lot as moms. Like we just have this martyrdom complex where we make ourselves feel bad and we do things that will cause us to feel bad even when we don't realize we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We just, and I think it really just comes back to that element of control. Like we want to just control everything around us because if we don't control it, then, you know, something might happen. And if something happens, that means we didn't do our job and that's just not the case. Yep, it's just not the case we're not responsible for everything and everybody we're responsible for ourselves and we're mostly responsible for our children
0: yes yeah and a lot of people have a co-parent and I think somewhere in your um, website you were saying like you're allowed to depend on someone else to help you with this job and I love that too because I think a lot of people that do have a co-parent in whatever capacity that is um, don't don't trust that other person yeah. to co-parent don't give over a little bit of that control all of that and giving yourself permission to do that
1: yeah and i think just yeah it's just trusting that they may have a different approach or they may have a different way of going about things but at the end of the day if the result is the same yeah. it does not matter yes and so i i like my husband is very very much and i think it's because i've done the work of I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to take care of her because you are half of her Mm -hmm. and you, you know, we're in this together. You're her father. So I need to just like trust that you care enough for her to care about her like I do. And it just may not be in the same exact way in the same exact order, but, you know, he still does. And I, I see so many people, so many people with partners that are not stepping up to the plate. And I think that I wonder how much of it is that it's not that they're not stepping up. It's that they haven't been trusted enough to and sort of forced into it, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough, but yeah, control is a big part of it. And that's really why I love my planner yeah. because that's where you, that's where you can really pour all of your control and then you can kind of let life fill in the blanks and expand into your spaces around it and it just like feels so good that like I've crafted the schedule and now I'm going to let it take shape however it needs to mm-hmm. and I'm not going to feel bad about it and it's going to be what it is and there's just a lot of freedom in that
0: mm-hmm. and for people like I'm not a not a real detail type gal um so a very detailed planner freaks me out a little bit but I suspect there are planners for people like me (laughs) that are on the like type z end of the spectrum I'm I'm the almost the farthest thing you can get from type a um so you have that's like your magic right that you find the special sauce in the planner that fits that person
1: yes I do so I I my friends call me the planner whisperer Uh uh-huh which I'm (laughs) totally down for, um, because when I, I keep when I started, um, really dip, diving into like, okay, I need a planner to like help me manage my mania. Um, I looked at them a lot and I did a lot of research and I learned a lot about them and I dove into this whole planner community, which is a thing. Apparently. Wow. There is a planner season, which is coming up. <laughs> I'm <in September. laughs> very excited. Um, you know, there, are, there's just there's, like when
0: new planners come out. Yeah. Okay. But there
1: are two of them. So there are two planner launches. So there's an academic year launch and there is a calendar year launch for basically okay. every planner. Which So like in the spring and in the fall, um, you'll see a lot of like planner ads come up and you'll see a lot of like hype about planners because like those those are the launch dates and I had no idea. Fascinating. I I'd never paid attention to it before. Um, but yeah, so I do that with my one-on-one clients and that's part of the program is the first thing we do is you get matched with a planner. And then as we wait for the planner to arrive, then we do some of the mindset work. So when it gets here, we can start using it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a lot of people that were like, I don't know that I need the coaching right now, but I really want to know what planner I want. And so Mm -hmm. I broke that out into its own service to just be like, hey, come find me. We're going to have a 30-minute conversation. I'm going to ask you some pointed questions. And at the end of it, I'm going to tell you. You know, I'll turn around and I do screencasts for people, so I just walk through exactly like what it is, why I think it's for them, why Mm -hmm. I think like here's the cons for it, because there's usually not one thing that hits it 100% of the time. It's like house hunting, yeah. Like you can check off most of the things, but not all of them, and it's just a matter of which things are most important. But the idea is that up to three recommendations all of them are going to work for you mm-hmm. so you just get to pick the pretty one which I think is really what people want to do
0: it really is at the end they of want a the pretty plan. planner with some cool markers exactly um, mm-hmm. yeah
1: they want it to look pretty and so I'm really like okay I'm going to get you the guts of the thing that's going to work for you and then mm-hmm. you get to pick the one that just like feels the best to you yes Um, but regardless you're going to make a good choice and so the cool part is with the service um, I actually will buy the planner for you like it's included in the cost very cool. and you get it after 30 days, or if you don't like it at 30 days after you've received it and have been using it, and if you're like, I thought this was going to be, but it's not, um, I'll give you a full refund, without question.
0: Well, that is very nice. A lot of people feel like they haven't jumped in with no... Safety net. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: you know, unlike if you buy a planner and you use it, and you don't like it. You're just kind of out of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't want that for people. I don't want planners to be the source of anxiety for people. So um, I've literally never had somebody, um, I've been in business for almost a year and I've never had somebody tell me this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm very good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, if it doesn't work for you, you would be the first, but I, you know, yeah, I don't want you to have something that is going to sit on your shelf again.
0: And I think the support that you provide around it, the mindset, the yeah. the instruction, all of that is really the, what makes it awesome. And talk a little bit about um, work. So you were, and you mentioned in your bio that you were at a high stress, yes. full-time job. What was that? What was your background? Because I think there's so much, um, talk about guilt, guilt and stuff all around like whether moms work outside the home or don't work outside the home and then part-time and full-time and all that kind of stuff so talk about your background and then how you kind of offloaded that guilt and moved into what you're doing now
1: so my background is in hr so i worked in corporate healthcare hr um for many years and i actually really loved the hr piece of it Mm -hmm. but um it just the corporate environment just like wasn't for me Mm -hmm. um i am very type a so that's why hr was like my jam Mm -hmm. for sure i know people are like hr oh but i loved it like i was creating policies like i was you know enforcing them i was hiring i was firing which was not my favorite part but Mm -hmm. um sometimes it was
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes it needs to happen sometimes it felt really good but
1: (laughs) no i'm just joking it never felt good. That's I get terrible. that. Get you, know that. I mean? yes. you know what I mean. Yes. Um, I always feel bad for the person, but I felt really good because I didn't have to deal with.
0: Yeah. The, There's always the some issues. some pre drama to okay. that.
1: Yeah. So it was really good, and I liked it. But I was working, you know, seventy hours a week. Ooh. Um. Yeah. In situations where I worked in HR, why am I working seventy hours a week? Why, you know, and it had warped into this weird thing where I was on call all the time and I was like, cause it was for a hospital, which they're open 24 seven. And yeah. so, um, just the structure of things changed into such a way where I was on call 24 seven. And I, there was a month that I had no days off. Oh my golly. Um, and so it was just stressful. And I very much remember, uh, I talked to my boss about it and my boss was like, you know what? You probably just need some Xanax, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the rest of us. <laughs> it was like, um, okay. I mean, that's a suggestion. So uh, I did not get Xanax because I, uh, you know, didn't want to be medicated to do my job. Uh huh. But it didn't have to be. So, um, around that time, my husband and I were planning our family, and I was like, you know what? I think that I need to not do what I'm doing now. Um, I had a coworker who had young children at home, and she was working the same. She was right next to me the whole time, and I was, like, feeling for her. And I wasn't a parent at that job, thankfully, but I was just feeling for her. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. And I know that that's a reality for so many parents out there, and it's so tough. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely, definitely tough. And so I just – my husband and I were like, you know what? I think that I'm going to stay at home. I think I need something new in my life, but I don't know quite what it is, and I'm not – I think I'm just, let me, let me stay at home and like, let me see how that goes for us. And so, um, we just set our lives up to where like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to live on one income. And so we did that as we were, as we were planning for our family. And, um, and so I did that and, um, I quit while I was five months pregnant. I was, I don't know why my husband Mm -hmm. is the savior. (laughs) I swear to God. I don't know why, because I was gonna work until I was just not pregnant, and he, like until I gave birth. And my yeah. husband was like, "Why?" And I was like, I, "I guess I don't know." He's like, "You're not going back." I was like, "No, but we could probably use the money." And he was like, "For what? A couple of months?" Right? Like, it's like this is a long term plan. Like this is not going to like make the difference for us. And I was like, Hmm okay. All right. I guess I'll quit. Right. Two <laughs> Here we, notice. So it Here we po- go. It was wonderful. And so I, I was at home and I was by myself. And so I was like, okay, I've worked every day since I was 15. Like I can't, I can't not work. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I got like a part-time remote job, just answering emails for somebody. Okay. Um, and that was really helpful. <laughs> um, but and then my daughter came, and then I was like, the stay-at-home motherhood is 100% not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did feel guilty about that, because there are so many people that don't have the luxury of the choice. Right. And I think that's, I felt like, because I did, and I made the choice to be a stay-at-home mom, and now I'm making the choice to not be a stay-at-home mom, you know, what does that say about me? How What yep. does that say about my privilege? Which, like, that really got to me a lot, because I know... Yeah. It's a choice that comes from a place of luxury that is yeah. not feasible for way too many people out there. And it ate me alive for a long time before yeah. I even, it, before, even after my doctor was like, you need to get care for her. Like you can't, this isn't not going to be good for you or her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I struggled with that a lot. And I was like, you know what, I, I, I have to do it because this is not this is the best thing for me. And I all of my friends who would love to be stay-at-home moms were telling me, like, look. Yep. You know, if we had the choice, yeah, we would stay home. But, like, you staying home or not staying home doesn't affect whether or not we are able to. Yes. And so you have to do what you need to do for you. And I was like, okay, okay, all right. So I got over that guilt hurdle and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then putting my daughter in daycare with no income Mm -hmm. to do so, which daycare is not cheap. Even where we're at (laughs) uh, in the country, I think is a little bit lower than some places, but it's Mm -hmm. still quite a bit of money. It's, you know. Over half my mortgage to put her into care. Yep, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and so the financial guilt was a big one because my husband was pulling in more hours, and so that's really where I was like, I need, I want to do something. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and so it kind of drove me into like, let me build a business. Like, I feel really good about planners. I feel good about like doing this for moms, and like I've built myself out of this sort of deep guilt hole, mm-hmm. and I can show other people how to do that too. Yep, and so that's kind of. Where am I? I love it. I
0: love it. I think it's so cool when women see a need and it comes out of their, you know, lived experience and then it's like this genuine, awesome business thing. And of course people are drawn to it because it's you're so real about it and you've been through it and I love it. It's fantastic. And I think the whole work thing, thank you for sharing all of that kind of history because I think there's lots of women that love the, you know, 40, 50, 60 hour a week job and whatever they're doing, or they have to be there. Um, and there's lots of women that love the whole stay at home gig and just being okay with that radical non guilt about but wherever our joy is, lives, let's be okay with staying there. Yeah. Like that's fine. And being okay with the other people that have a different type of joy. Um, yeah, I totally get that. I was working full-time before I had my kids, and I knew I was going part-time, but even that was a hard transition, because you feel like your whole...
1: You're just in between both worlds. Yeah. You can't quite put your feet in both I do. So my daughter goes to daycare four days a week and that was by design for mm-hmm. me because I still wanted, I did want to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I chose to do and, and I still wanted a piece of that. And mm-hmm. so I had made a, like, I had made like a good tribe of mom friends, mm-hmm. um, who were stay at home moms and so like, they can hang out during the week and that's pretty much it. So mm-hmm. I, I have like my Thursdays with my daughter, so I do not work. I don't have client calls. I don't do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole day. It's me and her. Mm hmm. And so I'm able to just give the, really the best parts of myself to her, which I think is really what she deserves. Because mm-hmm. I, um, with Graves' disease comes something called Graves' rage.
0: Well, that sounds fun, too. Fun fact. So when yes. you're like an
1: angry mom, like yeah. put like a little couple of more decibels on top of that. And that's like what Graves' disease does to you when you're mad. Um, and so I would be like yelling at her for mm-hmm. like things that you don't need to yell at your kid for. But it mm-hmm. would just like make me crazy and so now because I get this time away to do the things that like I want to do and to help other people and to just like my stress level has gone from like 100 to like 10 yeah (laughs) um which is very intentional I have to keep it low stress is a trigger for me yeah so if I get very stressed my symptoms flare up like crazy um but she just she gets the part of me that I want to to be with her she gets like the fun mom or today when I dropped her off at school there was music playing in the background and we just like stopped and we just like danced a little bit and like we did some twirls and like I'm not having to rush around to drop her off and I'm not having to just like I don't know I just I feel like using using my planner really weirdly it just like by creating structure it's given me so much freedom yes and like i can't i can't recommend it enough
0: well i know there are people that will resonate with all the things you've said especially the whole planner and the coaching i love that those two dovetail in your business it's awesome so um i will obviously um link to all your cool stuff and ways to follow you and connect with you in the show notes um so there are three questions that i ask all my guests And these don't have to be like totally deep, you know, formulated answers that are perfect. No worries. Um, So if people are looking for more connection in their life, and that can be however you want to define it, um, what do you think is a way that people can do that? Either one-on-one connection, connection in their community. Um, Any thoughts on that?
1: I think so... I think by just going the extra mile a little bit,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, you don't have to do too much, but I think just we live in a society where people think it's okay to like oh I'm really bad with names or I'm really bad at this or, I'm really bad at that and I think just going that little extra mile of just like making a point to remember somebody's name or something about them or just something that you remember having a conversation about or like that you've even seen them posting about online mm-hmm. um, shows them that they're being seen and heard mm-hmm. and that you actually are paying attention to them and mm-hmm. I think that connection really comes from knowing like you're not just talking at somebody but that Somebody is really noticing who you are, mm-hmm. um, or at least what you're putting out into the world. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel like that's a big one. So mm-hmm at any time somebody reaches out to me I go and I especially like on Instagram and you may not know like their name like I will go and I will like try to find what their name is so I can be like hey you know person thank you whatever and answer their question like so if it's not if their name isn't in their profile like you can bet I'm like googling them and like, uh-huh. trying to find what it is <laughs> yes which maybe is really creepy <laughs> now that I say that out loud but I feel like it just makes people think that oh you know I don't have this out there like she really like is connecting with me Mm -hmm. as a person and I think that's so important
0: yeah that's huge yeah I think we almost depend too much on the social media of it all but if you like actually see those people in person and reference something that you're remembering about them I love that Um, So that's kind of falls into the next question about, but it's more kind of personal to you. How, what are spaces or people that make you feel the most genuinely seen and heard?
1: So I I have to give a shout out to my coach, Steph Crowder. She Mm -hmm. hosts the Courage and Clarity podcast. And Uh she does a phenomenal job of that. You know, she she makes it really easy for you to just raise your hand and be like, yep, take my money. Yep, let's hang out. Yep, let's do this together. Um, she she just does a really great job of showing up and being authentic and just really making you feel okay to be who you are in this moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, and I think anybody that can do that is really special. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I always love another podcast to listen
0: to. Is it like personal development or business development or all of the above?
1: So it's a business development podcast, but it's a little bit of both, Uh like at the end of it. So it's, she's all about, um, helping you build a business that helps you live a life that you love. Mm -hmm. And so it really does dovetail together and it's Mm -hmm. the courage part comes from listening to and understanding people's stories Mm -hmm. and where they get from. And then the clarity is actionable, Advice that people can take and put into their mm-hmm. own businesses, and so um, I actually the podcasts I listen to are either business or true crime, and there's not a, a lot of like overlap in any uh, in any other. Part. I love it. <laughs> we did,
0: so the next thing is favorite things, which we should just talk about true crime yes. right off the bat okay. because that's definitely where our Venn diagram circles. Yes, you're a total murderino. <laughs>
1: yes, I am. <laughs> yes, and the people that are
0: like, what are they talking about? So we are both devotees, if I'm not mistaken, okay. of the podcast mm-hmm. um, My Favorite Murder. I mean, I just love it so much, it's so good. And if they come within anywhere distance yes. of Grand Rapids, I've already told my I'm not going to take my husband because he would not appreciate it. But I'm like mm-hmm. going to put out the like bat signal.
1: I will go with you. Oh my. I, I I was hoping they have a fall tour coming up in the U.S. and I was really hoping they would at least come to Chicago. Yes, they're not coming anywhere in the Midwest this go oh. around, and I'm so sad about it because I told my my friend uh, whose name is also Megan, I told her like I, like we'll go. We're just gonna go. We're gonna take a weekend. We're just gonna do it. Yes,
0: <laughs> we're gonna do it. Chicago. I'm hoping for Chicago or
1: Detroit. Yes, that's like, what I was hoping. I know they're probably not coming to Grand Rapids. Like right,
0: <laughs> fine. I mean, we're here. I would we could fill a theater, I think. I think we could fill the whole fan handle. We really could. I think we could. And we are strongly devoted people. Yes. Yes. I follow the Murderino makers, you follow like the people that craft things related to Yeah. It's a whole thing. I
1: found a subsect of Murderinos that I like quite fall into. Maybe Uh I should start a (laughs) (laughs) plannerinos. You should, probably.
0: Yes. And there's I there was like a meetup that I heard about that was at Schuler's. Um, but I had I heard about it like five seconds before it was going on. And I was like, because I think there's not a lot of rooms that I would just walk into having known nobody. Like, no. that's just not my jam. But I might walk into a room full of murderinos yeah. and just be like hey and i'm sure we'd probably all get along and love each other
1: yeah i agree it's it's weird how it brings you together like it's it's just it's weird and it's hard to explain if you're not a true crime person yeah. because it sounds like i'm really enjoy talking about other people's like horrible tragedies yeah and let's compare the ones that we like the most right it just sounds really odd but it's true i um and finally reading this stranger beside me uh from ann rule who yeah. if you're not familiar she worked with ted bundy um at a call center like as he was committing all these horrific crimes and she had no idea and she was writing this book about all the victims of these crimes not knowing who was perpetrating them not knowing that the stranger beside her yes uh, was the person which is insane it's just fascinating, I agree. and I
0: think as an HR person, you're you know kind of a people person. I'm a social worker, so it just fascinates me, like the backstory of how someone gets from like tiny baby child to yep. mass murderer, and it also fascinates me about like people that have survived horrible things and somehow then go on to live lives and just the whole thing i know my husband thinks i'm totally bonkers and so do probably most of my, my friends too
1: mm-hmm. i was listening to my favorite murder in the car once and my husband was like what is this and i was like <laughs> it's my favorite murder and he's like why are they laughing i was like oh it's a true crime comedy podcast and right? he was like, what does that mean and i was like it's not as bad as you think it is it's mm-hmm. funny but not it's not the murder is not funny no everything <laughs> else is though yes so,
0: yeah, that whole portion. Sorry for people that have no idea what we're talking about, but it's fantastic, and it yeah, it just makes my day. The whole, my favorite murder thing. All right, so you probably have other favorite things besides true crime,
1: maybe. I do. So, okay. It's not true crime, but it's, like, true crime adjacent. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Okay. the channel, um, and also Cozy Mysteries, which are, like, Hallmark Movies in book form
0: interesting. So they're like cozy not- mysteries. Yeah. Cozy
1: mysteries. So I just I my favorite cozy author is named Karen McInerney Uh-huh. And she has a couple of series that I like, but she just released one that's from the Grey Whale in series. Okay. It's um, called Claws for Alarm, like lobster claws. <laughs> so all the cozy mysteries, if you're a pun fan, all like most cozy mysteries will have some sort of like a pun name, which Got it. I just I think that's why I adore them. Because
0: <laughs> it's so like bad, they, it's good. Yes, yes. yeah. Like,
1: one of her other books is called Brush With Death, and the murder victim was an artist. Sure. Right. Naturally. So, uh you know, Claws for Alarm." the murder victim was a lobster person. And so, it just, uh, it's amazing. So. so, Cozy
0: Mysteries is a genre.
1: Yes. It is a genre. So, those ones that you see that are like... I don't know, they usually have some sort of, like, coffee shop situation or, like, baking involved. Or, like, if (laughs) you ever see one that's, like, you know, banana pie murder or something, Uh like, that's a cozy mystery. (laughs) It's just, like, it's really just, like, lighthearted. They don't really talk about, like, the gore of it all or just, like, the dark side of it all. It's just, like, the lighthearted, like, small town gal makes good kind of a story. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's my total guilty pleasure. That's hilarious and Hallmark channel yes. movies. Mm, yeah, Hallmark movies and mysteries, but there's just like uh Candace Cameron Bur- Candace Cameron Bure, she was DJ in Fuller in Full House. So <laughs> she's in a bunch of them. She has a whole series. Um Of course she does. CCP. I love you. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I nerd out about uh, all those things.
0: Do you venture into the Lifetime?
1: You know what? I don't. I don't. And I think it's because the lifetime are more less about like the lightheartedness of it yep. all and more about like the sinister side. Yep. But without it being factual or interesting enough for me to care. Yeah. Like it just is like sinister for the sake of sinister instead of like here's like the story or like the brain like what's going on in their brain. Yep. Um like you do with like the true crime stuff and like here's the facts about it. Mm-hmm. Um whereas like the like the hallmark and like cozy stuff is just like Let's solve a mystery and like fall in love and uh-huh. do the twinkle lights. And it's just, I don't know. This <laughs> is really nice. Twinkle lights and
0: fresh baked pie. Yeah. And, yes,
1: we're gonna drink coffee all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Any other favorite things, or did we hit the highlights? I think we hit the highlights for sure. Okay. I love it. We're just gonna talk for like forty-five minutes after this about our love of true <laughs> crime. I can't get enough. Um. So Megan, thank you so much for doing this. It was a hoot and a half. Yeah. Um, the Goal Designer is your gig. I will, like I said before, put it all up in the show notes with how people can find you because they're going to want to and get their planner and all of the things. Yes.
1: I. So I actually have a new um, opt-in, which is a quiz. So if you're like, I'm not sure that I want to pay for planner matchmaking, I have a free quiz where you can go and find out the type of planner that works for you. Um, and it will come with... Um, recommendations that I recommend the most based on the type okay for you so you know it's not a custom like just for you situation but right. it'll point you in the right direction
0: okay a cool. lot
1: closer than um pulling it out of thin air and that's on your website yeah so that's at mm-hmm. thegolddesigner.com slash quiz perfect thank you so so much thank you so thank much you for know. having me I had so much fun
0: My absolute favorite thing about Megan is that she figured out what she does best, what makes her heart sing and her life vibrant, and she created a gorgeous business around that. She spoke all of my languages. Self-care language, raising future adults language, connection is magic language, true crime language all of it. And if you love Megan and her vibe and her knowledge, you should definitely check out her planner matching service. I actually just scheduled my session with her, so I'll tell you which planner I choose. Keep an eye out for that on the socials. You can find Taking the Middle Seat on Facebook at Taking the Middle Seat, and you can find me on Instagram at Andrea Backlundsg, no hyphen. She mentioned the Planner Quiz too, which is totally free and opened my eyes to the options out in Planner land. She's such an amazing resource. And if you're like me and you're just dipping a pinky toe into thinking about the end of the year and starting to think about next year, you can have Megan to help you along the way, not to mention a beautiful and cool planner. Okay, listeners, go forth, take those middle seats, learn about people in a genuine way, and then tell people how to find the podcast and show them how to listen. Remember, they don't know how to listen, so you gotta show them. You gotta walk them right through it. And I hope you love this show. I hope you love it every single time. And I will be back really soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat.